Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. So it is 4-2 in Columbus, the United States beating Canada. World Cup pre-tournament game, they'll play again tomorrow night. The Blue Jays getting crushed tonight, 11-2 by the Red Sox in the bottom of the eighth. The Edmonton Oilers have signed winger Chris Versteeg to a professional tryout contract. Now he'll get a chance to make the team. Well, first and foremost, I want to come in and, and play my game and, and not change. I've done the, I've done it for many years. I've tried to always evolve with the game, but uh, play my game and try to be, you know, try to make plays in right situations and be a guy that tries to make his line mates better and um, in many ways and be tenacious and uh, just try to do all the little things whether they want me on left wing or right wing and uh, just to show them I'm versatile in many ways too so uh, and then also in the locker room just you know someone to joke around with and keep things light but also know when guys have boundaries so that's something that I've always uh, kind of prided myself on it's not like I I only want to be known for that but I want to be you know I want to I want to show that in, in more ways than one that I can be a part of the team. Rustig was on Inside Sports earlier tonight. Get the full interview on the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. The week in the CFL is about to begin. Montreal will take on BC. They're about to kick off in Vancouver. Here tomorrow, Stampeders Eskimos on 630Ched. Greg Peterson joins us, Stampeders analyst. Hey, Greg, welcome back to the show, man. How are you doing? Good. It's always good to talk to you, Reed. Yeah, well, I, I am often the highlight for most people's weekend, Greg, so thanks for recognizing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I drove all the way up here to Edmonton just to talk to you. <laughs> just, to, <for> sure. <laughs> just to come on the show. Did you, how, how, were you, uh, how were you as a you're, – you're obviously now an analyst on News Talk 77 and a well-spoken guy. Were you, did you like giving interviews as a player, or did, did, were there some media guys you liked talking to better than others, or how did you approach that? Uh, some of the media guys you did not like um, – the, the ones that kind of burned you in the press, and uh, you have a love-hate relationship as a player. But generally, you, you don't mind being interviewed. Um, but I got burned a couple times. I learned my lesson. I learned that you have to sometimes be a bit guarded. But on the whole, I didn't mind, and I think most of the players in today's CFL are really quite uh, receptive to being interviewed. Well, and you know what? It, it, you bring up being burned, and I have found, and I've covered. High school athletes, junior hockey players, college university kids, and and you know now I get to talk to CFL and NHL players and coaches, and it, I, I found anyway like a lot of them don't mind being criticized, or or if you go up to them and say, hey, you know you threw an interception, you gave the puck away, what what happened? It, but it but it's like you said, where if they feel you're telling you something confidentially, or if you say something personal, you know if you can criticize their play but not not their personality. Yeah, and a lot of times, like I played halfback, defensive halfback, and corner, and 
uh, what used to bother me was when I w- they would say in the paper, some guy would write that Greg Peterson got burned on two touchdowns, and it wasn't the case because I was maybe the last guy back or something like that. You feel like sitting them down, watching some film, and teaching them some football. That's what you feel like doing. <laughs> right. right. Well, this current Calgary secondary rarely gets burned in in any capacity. I mean, certainly a lot of continuity on that. And we will talk about their offense, too, which is obviously excellent. But but I thought on on Labor Day, it was it was really the defense that set the tone for the Stampeders, Greg. Well, they they really are. And, you know, I didn't think they'd be this good, to be quite honest, just because we have a new defensive coordinator and Devon Claybrooks, and he stepped in and done a great job. And I talked to Levon before the season started, and I asked him what I thought was his strongest part of his defense, and he told me the back end being the defensive backs. I really do think that as a whole, as a group, Calgary have the best defensive backs uh, in the, the CFL, and it starts out with uh, the two halfbacks that they have, such a difficult position. Brandon Smith and Jamar Waller are just two of the best in the CFL, but yeah, you're right that not too many teams have been able to capitalize or burn those guys because they, they got a great unit back there. Well, and one thing I noticed watching on TV and then talking to Morley and Dave and, and even a fan called in earlier today, an Eskimos fan that was at the game, there there were times that, that Riley had time or he was able to extend the play and guys were still covered. And that's a that's a true skill to cover for six, seven seconds because you can probably attest to you know how difficult that is against almost any receiver on that size field. Yes, and, and you know if you can play man-to-man, it frees you up so much more in a CFL defense to be able to do more stunts up front and a lot more blitzes and things like that. Um, but a lot of teams don't have the confidence to play man-to-man, and so they'll play a lot of zone, but Calgary does play a lot of man-to-man, and consequently they can do a lot more creative things. They do run a lot of different type defenses, but it all comes down to they're just great athletes, and you'll always notice that the defensive backs, I'm looking right now at, like, Jamar Wall, he's 5'10", um, Brandon Smith's uh, 6 feet, 5'10", and then you've got little small guys covering big receivers, and all the receivers are, like, 6'2", 6'4", and I've Learned, or my my thoughts are, my opinion is that as a defensive back, you have to have quick feet. And the 5'10, 180 pound uh, guy is a type of, they, they, they're born with quick feet. Uh, they're, they're very athletic, but they have to have that. And then you got the more langy receivers. But if you don't have a defensive backfield with, with quick feet that can stay with guys all over this big field, you're not going to be very successful. And Calgary have that type of secondary. Greg Peterson, Stan Peters analyst on News Talk 770, joining us tonight inside sports on 630 Chet. I interviewed Bo Levi Mitchell last week. He didn't want to talk about Twitter, I can tell you that. But uh, <laughs> speaking of another way to interact with fans and media, I, I said, Riley's having a great season, you're having a great season. If you had to vote, who would you pick for MOP? And he, I, I didn't even finish the question, and he said me. And you know, usually players give the politically correct answer or credit their team or credit the guy on the other team. But uh, Bo Levi wasn't having any of it going into the biggest game of the year. You know, I, I like Bo Levi, and and a lot of people might think he's cocky and comes across that way. He's not. He's just confident in his abilities, and he goes out and he he does well. I remember the very first time he made the team. Uh, five, six, whatever years it was back. Uh, let's see, he's in his 
fifth year now. So he made the team, and he, he's a third-string quarterback, and he's just going to probably sit on the bench and, and watch for a long time. That's the way it usually is with a rookie making the team as a third-team quarterback. So I'm talking to him for the first time, and I said, you know, I'm Greg Peterson. I used to play, and I do the color analyst. I'm looking forward to getting to know you, and, and uh, I'm sure you're going to have a, uh, you know, a really enjoyable time just kind of sitting back and learning the game. And I remember what he said to me. He, he says, what, what do you mean, sitting back? Because I'm going I'm to be a starter. And at first it came across to me as, man, who does this guy think he is? He, he comes out and he, he's talking about being a starter. But I've learned that that's just Bo. Bo knows who he is. He knows what his ability is, and he's confident in himself. And he's not cocky or arrogant, and he's confident. And I'd, I'd rather have a quarterback that's confident and wants to be there and thinks he's going to be there than one that isn't. Yeah, you're right. And, and I mean, I, I was kind of saying, wow, I couldn't believe he said that. And a couple guys texted in and said, what do you want him to do? Say, tell him to say that, have him say the quarterback on the team he's about to play is better than him. So fair enough. BC, impressive opening drive, by the way. They just took it down very smoothly and scored on Montreal. Got a two point convert. Eight nothing for the Lions early. Greg, I got one more for you. I'll just quickly give some my thoughts here on pass interference. I know the officials are getting killed for the number of flags that they are, have been thrown. I think that they are being told to enforce it very tightly, so I think this might be more of a problem with the rule rather than the way it's being enforced. I am getting a little frustrated, and then really this has nothing to do with video replay even. I, I am a little frustrated that I think sometimes dogged defending is being punished with pass interference. You played the position, and you've continued to watch the game closely since you played. So I'll, I'll let you take it from there if I said anything that set you off. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I, I think that you have to let the players play. and But, you know, they have the rule. You can't touch anyone five yards down the field. I'm not against uh, changing the rules and making up the rules in the CFL to make the game more offensive. Everybody wants to see offense. We want to have a game up here in Canada that is lighting up the scoreboard. For a couple of years back, before they brought in these rule changes, we had boring football. I, I even said it, and I got criticized immensely on the air, because I said right now, and this is I'm talking three years ago when the scores were 18-17 and it was two and out, and we would see 20 punts a game. I go, to be quite honest, right now, the way the CFL is, I'd rather watch NCAA football. It's it's too boring. This that they've got to change the rules. They got to open it up. And guess what? The very next year they did. They open up. So I'm not against them favoring the offense and the fact that we're in the entertainment business and we got to put points on the board. And but I I don't like the fact that when guys are going up, if there's maybe a little bit of a rub as they're going up for the ball at the same time, and the defensive backs trying to make the play that they're throwing the flag. So I'll agree with you on that. However, I, I'm, I'm a, even though I'm a defensive guy, I'm now also a CFL fan. I'm a big advocate of I like to see 40, 50 points every single football game because that makes an exciting football game. Yeah, and there have been some higher scoring games this year. You're, you're, you're right. Just, some of the calls have I, I found a little tough to swallow. But hopefully yeah, well, I, I just think they have to tinker with the rules and make it so we don't have such a momentum killer and all the delays we have with the referees conferences figuring out or waiting for the replay they're going to have to do something about that because that another thing that's great of beauty of our game compared to down in the states is uh it's quicker we got the 20 second clock we got that flow we can get lots of plays in 
and now they're kind of ruining that flow by all these replay reviews. They're going to have to do something about that. Greg, it's always great to have you on the show. Always appreciate your thoughts, and hopefully it's a fun one tomorrow on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. I'll see you there. Okay, thank you. That's Greg Peterson, covers the Stampeders for News Talk 770 in Calgary. It is 8-17. Tell you what, we're going to go live to Foot Field and get an update on the Golden Bears home opener when we get back. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Got a text here from DW. He says Canada and the United States could play each other six times in three weeks if you include pre-tournament round robin and the finals at the World Cup. And DW adds, cross your fingers. Well, the first of those potential six meetings tonight, the United States won 4-2. Jonathan Quick, 33 saves on 34 shots over the first two periods in net for the States. Ben Bishop played the third period. And uh, yes, it was a rough and tumble affair for sure. They'll play again tomorrow. They'll play in the round robin and the final is a best of three. So DW's right. They could play each other a total of six times if you count all those games. The Blue Jays, uh, as we've been mentioning, it is not a good night in the ninth inning now they trail the Red Sox 11-3 the Edmonton Oil Kings preseason action in St. Albert they're tied 1-1 with the Calgary Hitman seven and a half minutes left in the second period and Matt Gooch from the U of A Sports Information Department is at Foot Field where the Golden Bears are playing their home opener against the Huskies Matt thanks for coming on the show tonight I know you're busy what's the score in the game Reed, always a pleasure. It is currently 17-3 for the Huskies, and we've just entered halftime. Okay, I've sort of been following on Twitter, and I uh, hadn't looked for a few minutes. I, I'm a little surprised to hear that score, because I got the impression the Bears were doing pretty well defensively. Yeah, well, anytime you force two fumbles, recover them, and, re- and force uh, a pair of interceptions uh, in one half of football, you're doing pretty good defensively, for sure. And unfortunately, the Bears' offense not able to capitalize uh, been in the scoring zone a couple of times. Uh, one field goal attempt. Uh, I've never seen anything like it before. It literally went off the top of the upright post and bounced out of bounds. So it didn't hit the pole. It landed on top of the upright post and bounced out. Uh, so the Bears, you know, by all rights, should at least have six points on the board. But uh, the offense certainly not clicking tonight. Ed Elnicki had a huge game, 175 yards rushing against UBC. He's one of the top players on the team, obviously. And, and as, as a team, the Bears rushed for 312 yards against the Thunderbirds. How's the running game been in the first half this week? I'm assuming the Huskies were ready for it. Yeah, tough sledding tonight for sure. Uh, the Huskies are most certainly winning that uh, battle along the line tonight. Their D-line... Uh, taking care of uh, Alberta's O-line so far and plugging up the holes. Ed hasn't found a ton of holes to run through so far, and quarterback Ben Kopzinski uh, has been under pressure for a good chunk of the night as well. So kudos to the Huskies for dominating uh, Alberta's O-line to, to, to this point anyway. How's the weather and how's the crowd, Matt? Weather is fantastic, and the only thing better than the weather is the crowd. The crowd is, uh, it's, it's a pretty healthy crowd. I would say we're close to 3,000 fans here. The, uh, the, the uh, east, or sorry, the west side stands are completely full, and then the east side stands where the berm is is mostly full, and there's a bunch of people sitting on the berm as well. So it's a really good atmosphere down here at foot for sure. 
All right. Well, 14 points, uh, a bit of a hole, but certainly nothing impossible to overcome. So we'll keep an eye on the uh, on the Bears game here. And when's their next uh, – are they home again next weekend or is it a couple weeks no, away? No, they're in Winnipeg next weekend and then home to uh, the defending UBC – or defending Vanier Cups uh, UBC on the 24th. And what I would say about this one is, too, is we had Saskatchewan in the home opener last year and the Bears were down 18 nothing and came back to win. So 14 points and a home opener against the Huskies ain't nothing for the Bears. All right. I'll keep an eye on it, Matt. Really appreciate the update. I'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks a lot, Reed. As Matt Gooch checking in from Foot Field. Sound like some uh, halftime festivities going on there as the Bears, yeah, they forced some turnovers, but their running game hasn't been able to roll. And you heard him describe, I don't know if I've ever seen that, Kellen. A field goal attempt by the Bears. So it didn't hit, well, it hit the upright, but yeah. it didn't hit the face or the side of no, the, the upright. The top. It hit the exact top of the upright. So that is a no-good kick which because w- it did not go between the uprights. Which I think would be impossible to do at Commonwealth because don't they have those streamers from the top at both end Well, it could poles? still hit, but it could still hit the very top of the pole itself, oh, right? Okay. That's what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah like I think It hit so. the actual top of the, the, the pole itself. So 17-3, the Huskies lead the Bears at the half. The uh, Eskimos will be trying to get things going. De'Anthony Batiste, offensive lineman, was on the show last night saying they didn't do enough on first down, and Jason Moss says, yeah, we didn't do enough in the first quarter. I'll tell you how that happens, <laughs> how we get better from that or how it happens. I mean, turnovers were part of that. I can assure you in those of those six games we didn't score, we were in the red zone at least on three of those occasions and turned the ball over. So if you don't turn over the ball in the red zone, you probably have three points in three of those games, and now you haven't scored in three of them. It's hard, Terry. I mean, it's hard in, in the first quarter at times. You, you don't start off you know, fast as you'd like to or seeing things clearly as you'd like to, but that's also why there's four quarters and 60 minutes to play in a game because the game doesn't end after the first. So I look at that as you know, slower starts. we got to you know, finish stronger. Um, but at the end of the day, do we, do we pay attention to it? Yes. Do we look at our game plans and say, were they too complicated? Do our guys not understand it early? Did we not get into a flow early? Yeah, so we've tried to tinker with everything. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's it's a variety of things. I guess what I'm getting at is if it was easy to fix, it had been fixed already and we'd score every time. But uh, it's been a variety of different things of why we haven't scored early. Head coach Jason Moss, Eskimos and Stampeders tomorrow night. Morley Scott's going to join me after the 8.30 news because some pretty significant changes for the Eskimos on the defensive line. The Oilers news today, Christopher Stieg signed to a professional tryout contract. He was planning on playing in Switzerland. Things fell apart there because of insurance issues. So now he is uh, joining the Oilers, at least for a tryout. He'll be coming to Edmonton middle of next week. More on that on 630Ched.com. 8-3, the Lions lead the Alouettes early in the first quarter. CFL action tonight. 8-27, we're back after the news. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. A final now at Rogers Center in Toronto. Blue Jays lose 13-3 to the Red Sox tonight. Fall two games out of first in the American League East. They're moving the ball up and down the field in Vancouver. 
14-3 now for the Lions over Montreal. The Lions scored on their opening possession. Montreal came back with a field goal, and now the Lions score again. They just added the extra point, so it's 15-3. They got a two-point convert after their first touchdown. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 8:34. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 6:30. Chet, you can always text 6:30-6:30, and I got a timely text here. This uh, listener says, "Hey, Reed, just curious." Uh, what kind of things happen that don't allow someone like Chris Versteeg to play in Switzerland? Specifically in his case, what influence does insurance play? Well, here is how Chris Versteeg explained it to me in the interview we did earlier tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I showed up to camp 100% healthy, and it's, it's kind of hard to explain unless you know the insurance and issues over there, and there's things called illness and injury. You'd kind of have to look into it a bit different, but um, the way it was is they were looking at, they look at things as an illness, and you're covered uh, only a small percent. If it's an injury, you're covered a bit more, and then the team has to assume the risk. So uh, they looked at one thing as a possible illness, which doesn't mean anything because I showed up 100% healthy. And then uh, they asked me to assume the risk, and I, you know, I, I wanted to be fully covered as the main thing for me. And um, both, you know, we talked about it, and I didn't want to sign a contract where I wasn't fully covered, and so we just parted ways. But it was it was fine both. Both sides agreed on it, and um, even my time in Bern was great. You know, I was there practicing, and um, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It didn't work out, but you know what? There's always a blessing in disguise, and I hope this is the blessing. And he's talking about he hopes joining the Oilers is a blessing. So what happened with Chris Versteeg was in 2012 he had hip surgery, so he goes to play in Bern, and the team says to him, "Okay, you know, we got to we got to get this insurance, and we are we are going to." insure you but we think you have a, a pre-existing problem with your hip we, th- we think that could be an issue again so we're going to insure that uh, as an illness so if you hurt your hip we're going to we, we want that considered a pre-existing illness so we so you know we don't that won't be covered the same way as if is if you got an injury and Versteeg said, well, I, I want to be fully covered. I don't want to have to cover something myself if I do happen to have a hip injury. So there there was that issue, and they basically said, okay, this isn't going to work out. So back to North America he comes, and the Oilers take a shot on him. So that's I hope that explanation made sense to the texter and everybody else. Ba- basically, like Chris said in there, I didn't want to play if if I wasn't going to be fully insured and and as chris has insisted i i don't have a hip problem i yes i had hip surgery a few years ago but it's it's you know they want to label that as an illness and and he says you know i I don't think that is an illness so there you go from there eskimos and stampeders coming up tomorrow on 6 30 chet interesting situation with the stamps their defensive tackle quinn smith has been suspended for three games. He tested positive for a banned substance. It's the second positive test in his football career at the CFL Combine in 2014 when he was playing for Concordia University. He had a positive test. Our Dave Campbell talked to Stampeders coach Dave Dickinson about Quinn Smith's suspension. Personally, I was disappointed. As a team organization, we're disappointed. Um, I'm not going to say that we won't support Quinn and help Quinn. He's part of our team and... uh, someone that's well liked but we do want to make sure we are a team that follows the rules and we respect the rules and we try to do it the right way and uh so we will address that and and handle it in the in the near future but uh, certainly was disappointing this morning to, to hear that i think the team has handled the the short week which has always been a you know 
kind of an issue in this in this Labor Day series? Yeah, I mean, at least it's even for both teams. You know, that's the the challenge. Sometimes you're on five day, or any other team that has nine, or something like, or a bye week, or something like that. So, um, I think what it is is anytime you play back to backs, the mindset's a little bit different for the team that won and the team that lost. So it's important for us uh, to understand we've got to be focused, mentally driven, uh, and we got to be sharp on that side. Your brain has to overtake your body in these rematches on short weeks because everybody's going to be sore and tired. And and I think if you can mentally be strong, you kind of will yourself to a good performance. Is it a challenge to reign in the team that beats a rival on the most hype game in the regular season to, to say, look, we, we probably have a lot of areas that we could have done a lot better and maybe we dodged some bullets out there? Well, I think they watched the film. I mean, uh, we put the ball on the carpet six times, and uh, that, that's a different game if uh, you know we don't get on some of those or get the no-yards call. And uh, we also know that we were at home. I mean, you should win your games at home. And uh, saying that, Edmonton has to feel confident in their game here uh, at Commonwealth. So we know it's, it's going to be a tough battle. I understand uh, you know, that the back-to-backs are never easy, and this has probably got a, a few things that are going to work against us. But we're going to show up, give our best, and, and hopefully come out with a win. All right, that's Dave Dickinson, coach of the Stampeders, talking to our Dave Campbell. The NFL season, of course, opened last night. One-point win, Denver over Carolina. Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski will miss the Patriots opener against Arizona. That's the Sunday nighter because of a hamstring injury. The team has confirmed that Gronkowski has been downgraded from questionable to out for the game. I think I'll have to check one of my fantasies team because, of course, I had... Gronkowski on uh, on one of them. It is 8.39. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your Eskimos here on 6.30. Chad, Morley, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, Reed. It's game day tomorrow, so I'm excited. Yeah, here we go. Big game coming up tomorrow. The Labor Day rematch. Edmonton against Calgary Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Only visit by the Stampeders to uh, Edmonton this season. Okay, so Philip Hunt was uh, signed earlier this week on the defensive line. To help on the defensive line, well, he's really he's really going to have to help. help. This is a shakeup already. Yeah, he's going to start now. I, I think the plan originally was for him to come in and get into the rotation and play a little bit. They had moved uh, Michael Buchanan off the roster onto the practice roster, but then yesterday at the end of practice, Jason Vega hurts himself. He's on the six-game injured list now, and all of a sudden, Philip Hunt is the starter at defensive end, uh, along with uh, uh, Odell Willis on the other side. It's like we're in Winnipeg five years ago, <laughs> these two guys on the defensive end. So, uh, yeah, uh, the biggest concern is his gas tank and, and how his energy level is going to be. I mean, he hasn't played a football game since early last year in the NFL with the Detroit Lions, who later released him, and he's signed with New Orleans. He's been practicing, but he hasn't played since early in the NFL season last year. So, uh and he's been wasn't in an NFL camp this year, so he hasn't been practicing with the team until Wednesday. And he got to practice in Wednesday. He got to practice in yesterday, and he got to practice in today. And tomorrow we start. So yeah, it, it, you know, uh, Jason Moss told us today. He said he wa- watching the film of the practices. He said he's still got it. He can see why he was an elite quarterback uh, rusher, why he was able to get to the quarterback so much. Uh, he's a guy who still has it. The question is, is he going to be able to do it on a consistent basis his first game back? And again, Moss pointed to Vega in Toronto and said, you know, it was like 40 degrees Celsius on the field, and he went in and played 45 plays and played pretty well. So he's hoping that, you know, he can get the same kind of result from Philip Hunt. Okay, so is Vega out 
Rest Vegas out. Well, I don't know. They put him on the six game, which okay. means you know he could, could be, be out bad. for for yeah for six weeks. But there's no consequence anymore except he can't practice with the team until four weeks is done, right? So okay. they can pull him off if they want to, and they've done that a, a couple of times this year too. All right. Well, you know, Hunt. Now it was six years ago, but he yeah. had some pretty gaudy stats when he was a blue bomber. And, so and they need got, pressure. You got to be good to hang around the NFL that long. I mean, he hung around for five years in the NFL. Uh, he had a knee injury one year, but he played only 24 games. So a lot of teams just saw something in him that they wanted to keep him around. And now the Eskimos have been. Yeah, he was. If he, I, I, I forgot how dominant he was till I looked up his stats after the Eskimos signed him. He was a real, real good player. So let's hope he can find some of that. All right. So that's something to watch tomorrow. The Eskimos want to get pressure and on the other side of the ball I had offensive lineman DeAnthony Batiste on the show last night and at one point I said a game dominated by the Stamps and he was like it was so they're not the Eskimos at least Batiste isn't isn't fighting that but he did really stress when I was talking to him first down production for the offense, he thought they were second and seven or longer, way too much. Yeah, they were they were second and long. They were either second and long and second and short. Jason Moss, I didn't realize this. Jason Moss told us this morning that uh, they didn't have one single second and medium in the whole game. They had one. They took a penalty before the play was okay. off and it put it back to second and long. So they didn't get in that comfortable area at all. They were they were second and short, which was just a dive for the first down, or they were second and long and they had to make a play out of it. And he he felt because of that they couldn't get into a rhythm. So they got to get into a more manageable situation. And he says, our guys have to fight for an extra two, three, four yards on first down plays so that we can get into a more manageable, more comfortable position on second down. Okay. Well, that'll be something to watch. And it all starts with the guy who takes the snaps, Mike Riley, who a couple interceptions last week, uh, I thought one, a bad decision, and, and the other maybe a, a bad throw from a physical standpoint, and I know he kind of had to adjust his arm angle because he was under some pressure there. Do you expect anything different from, and look, we know what Riley can do, and I'm not yeah. pinning Monday's game on him, but I'm sure he wants to be a little better, and maybe, you know, whenever you lose, you think, what do you have to change, right? Yeah, he wants to, he wants to be better, obviously. I don't know, he, he said to us on the postgame show on Monday, I want to play right now. I want to play the rematch right now. He was angry enough that he wanted to, to get right back on the field, and he's kind of got that mad look on him. He, I, he's been kind of surly all week long. He hasn't been his jovial self, joking with the media as much as he normally does. He's He is all business this week in my mind and I think he's really taking to heart that loss and and putting it all on himself which I think is not correct but it'll it certainly is a good way to get a lot out of Mike Riley I I really expect Mike Riley to have a pretty good game tomorrow to, to bounce back he's 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 put up some interesting numbers like you mentioned two interceptions he's got five interceptions in the last three games he's thrown under 300 yards in the last two games mm-hmm. uh, after that long streak he had to start the year so uh, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how he responds I'm expecting I thought he would play really well on Monday because it was kind of his first Labor Day game as a real quarterback. I mean, he got the 13 game when the team was awful, uh, and it didn't work out for him. I really expect him to bounce back and play really well in this game tomorrow, but he's got he's to be more patient. Uh, I know uh, Jason Moss has talked to him about making sure you hang in there a little bit longer and, and go through your progressions and make your reads and don't immediately take off with the ball. Take off with the ball when it's warranted because it's always a play that seems to be successful for the Eskimos, but, but check do your checkdowns. Make sure that you don't have anyone to throw to before. And, and to do that, 
He's got to get more protection, right? Uh, he's got to have time to do that. So it's it's tough, and a lot of people, uh, you know, pin it on the DBs. And and like was said after the game, it's pretty hard to cover a guy when you're running for seven seconds with him, right? Because right. you yeah. know the quarterback's running around and and trying to find somebody open, right? So it's all about pressure. If you get pressure on the quarterback, things are going to change. Okay, and I want to ask you this because I get asked it. It is John White, a running back. Shakir Bell will not dress. Uh, that is what we're all led to believe. Yeah, John White will be back at running back. I know as soon as the game was over, everybody uh, everybody said, well, maybe they should go back to back to Bell after the game he had uh, the week before. But uh, John White's the running back. I mean, there's been a lot of team, a lot of running backs who haven't put up big numbers against Calgary. John White's major role is pass protection, and he's pretty good at it. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how he does. If they have done something to spring some holes for him, to give him some some opportunity to run with the football, because they got to get a running game going so that they can get more out of the passing game. All right, gonna be fun, Morley. I'll see you at the stadium tomorrow. All right, Reed. Thanks. That is Morley Scott checking in. Eskimos and Stampeders coming up tomorrow night. BC scores again. Convert missed. 21-3 for the Lions up on Montreal. 12:48 to go in the first half. Blue Jays lose. 13-3. 13-3 to the Red Sox. Yankees up 7-4 on the Rays. That's in the bottom of the seventh. Detroit beats Baltimore 4-3 tonight. So, Detroit now tied with Baltimore for the second and final wild card spot. And uh, just a game behind the Blue Jays now, so everything is really tightening up there. The Yankees, uh, if they win, they'll stay four behind the division lead, but just two behind the Blue Jays. The Yankees have won five in a row. It's getting very tight. The Blue Jays have some work to do if they're going to make the postseason again. 8.47, Inside Sports on uh, 6.30. Chet, back with some final thoughts as we take you into your weekend. This is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. One week from tonight, we'll have a live hockey broadcast from Penticton as we'll bring you the uh, Oilers opening game from the Young Stars Tournament. Getting busy. We'll have World Cup of Hockey games starting next Saturday as well. My name is Reed Wilkins. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the window tonight. Also want to mention FC Edmonton will host Miami 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon at Clark Stadium. Goaltender, uh, goalkeeper Matt Van Okel, the NASL Player of the Month that was announced today. He uh, didn't allow any goals in four matches in September. Had three wins and a draw. FC Edmonton, by the way, unbeaten in their last 10 home game, so they'll try to keep that going tomorrow against Miami. Canada lost 4-2 to the United States World Cup of Hockey tune-up game tonight in Columbus. The Oil Kings, an exhibition game in St. Albert against the Calgary Hitmen. It is tied at two after two. Robertson and Roach have scored for the Oil Kings tonight. The U of A Golden Bears now trailing the Saskatchewan Huskies 23. Nine minutes left in the third quarter over at Foot Field. The Oilers signing Chris Versteeg to a professional tryout contract. He spent last season with Carolina and Los Angeles. And Versteeg from Lethbridge, just like Oilers defenseman Brandon Davidson, and they've uh, formed a good bond. Well, yeah, a lot of this about Brandon hasn't surprised me at all. Uh, I've seen his development from a, a young age, and 
and even you know seeing him not play midget AAA and then not be drafted to the dub and still continuing to make pro- or progress each and every year and find a way to uh, get better and want to be better every day and and every season. So um, he's a player. I said in an interview earlier, he has high hockey IQ. I think he he knows he knows how to stay within himself within his game and uh, and he wants to be an NHLer and he wants to be you know he wants to be good and, and known for that. So uh, he works hard, extremely hard in the summers. I've trained with him for probably. Uh, 10 years now 10 odd years and uh, I see him every day in the summertime when I'm uh, when I'm home and uh, it's just exciting to see a, a kid from around my hometown uh, be be as successful as he's been especially in the last year and I, and I root for him every day well I think a lot of you guys do too Christopher Stieg joining us earlier tonight inside sports on 630 Ched the full interview of course is on the inside sports page on 630 Ched com stampeders in town charleston hughes defensive lineman ready to go up against mike riley i mean i felt like riley spent a lot of time on the ground in that game um i know we got to riley a lot you know we got to the quarterback he was never comfortable in the pocket so i felt like as a as a d-line we did our job well i think they did and the eskimos d-line has to do a better job philip hunt hopefully will help he's going to slide right in there unfortunately newcomer jason vega plays a couple of games he's hurt and on the six game dl linebacker jc sherritt talking about the addition of hunt to the roster it's huge because of his talent level um, we've seen how he's played in this league before he's been a dominant player uh, you could tell instantly from the first day where his iq is at um, where we're able to put him in right now where there's a lot of players who aren't able to do that so he, he gives us a comfort factor and uh, we're happy to have him you know back to the pressure you know odell said earlier in the week we did enough to move him, but we didn't do enough to get back, get, really get to him once he moved. Yeah, I mean, he he never gets credit because he's not a blazer, but his mobility in the pocket and his pocket presence is as good as anyone. Um, so if you're if you're going to uh, you know get pressure, but you don't keep contain, he's just going to roll out to his right and make a great throw. Um, he throws very well on the run, especially to his right side. So um, we we have to keep him in the pocket. And we have to get to him. All right, there's J.C. Sherrod from your Edmonton Eskimos. I mentioned the World Cup score today, the the, uh, the tune-up game. It was a pretty nasty game, the United States and Canada going at it, and it was uh, 4-2 for the United States winning that one. More games tomorrow. Canada and the U.S. will play again in Ottawa. Russia plays the Czech Republic in Prague. Sweden and Finland will play. Then on Sunday, Europe and North America are going to play again. That one will be Montreal. Connor McDavid, of course, the captain of Team North America. Yeah, I'm very, very humbled and, and honored to, to wear it. I think uh, you know it's a very special thing to, to be able to wear a C on a on a team, and especially on a team like this where we have you know 22 um, you know amazing people and, and uh, you know great leaders in their own right. So. Um, you know, I'm definitely very honored to wear it, but um, like I keep saying, there's uh, 22 other guys in that dressing room that could wear it. All right, Connor McDavid, that full interview with Bob Stoffer on the Oilers Now page on the 630 Ched website. Lions up 21-3 on the Alouettes, nine minutes left in the first half of the CFL action tonight. All right, so tomorrow, here's what's happening. I will be at Rogers Place live on air from the huge open house from 2 to 3.30. If you see me there, give me a friendly wave. And then at 3.30, we'll transition into football coverage pregame show from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Kickoff between the Stamps and the Esks will be at 5.
I want to thank our guests tonight. You heard from Morley Scott, Greg Peterson, Jamie Thomas, Jim Matheson, and Christopher Stieg. Uh, Will Capaldia says, is Philip Hunt really ready to play, or are the Eskimos desperate? Uh, I think he's ready to play, and they're also a little bit desperate. Both those things can be true. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. The studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. Happy birthday, Bob. Just grab your hat. We'll travel like that's style. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.